Welcome back, OMB family, otherwise known as the Old Nerdy Bastards. I'm your host, Romy, joined by my ever-so-dope co-host, Sean. Say what's up, man. What's up, man? Love that. Love that. Uh, If you've been hanging with us since day one, you know what it is and what we do here. Uh, However, if you're new, first off, welcome. We really enjoy having you here. And uh, let us fill you in on who we are. Here at ONB, we discuss all forms of entertainment. We talk about movies. We talk about television, video games, comic books, pop culture, and, you know, everything under the sun. Join us every Thursday as we dive into these topics. And uh, often, me and Sean bump heads while trying to entertain you folks. If you have topics, often, (laughs) seldom. Uh, If you have topic suggestions, please send them our way to our social media platforms at Old Nerdy Bastards on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Uh, Or feel free to uh, email us at info at oldnerdybastards.com. Finally, uh, if you haven't already liked, subscribed, and shared, please feel free to do so. And uh, we would really appreciate a review. It doesn't hurt. helps with the algorithm. And Sean, before we uh, jump right into it, there are many occasions where you and I bump heads. I'd like to think many. At <laughs> oh, our bumping heads is, is not is not dramatic enough for some people. We're just two rational, logical guys. <laughs> All right, fine. That's fair, but in season two, I'm coming for your jugular. So, Perhaps okay. So. All right. Don't make this sexual. It's turning me on. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that was the plan. Was look, the plan. look, look, look. We got a pretty jam packed episode. Okay. We got two things to focus on today. We got the news, which you're going to walk us through. Um, Mm -hmm. Some cool comic book and nerd-related news. And then you're going to throw it back to me, and we're going to dive right into the Oscars that we um, just viewed this past weekend. We got a couple of things to cover there. Follow up on our ONB KO, our knockout series. So without further ado, Sean, take us through the news, man. What's been going on? Uh, There's been a lot going on. Um. Uh, you can talk about some movie news that's happening. So one today it was announced that uh, not only is James Gunn now CEO uh, of DC, uh, DC universe, uh, the new cinematic universe that DC comics is trying to build. Uh, He's not only just a CEO and the writer of Superman legacy, which he announced with the other DC slated movies, uh, but he is now uh, announced as of today that he is going to be directing the new Superman film. Huzzah. What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts, sir. I'm excited. He understands the source material. I would hope so. And what he's done with the guardians has been super impressive. And every project project he's had under the DC banner. And by that, I mean, really, I guess he's had only two, which is suicide squad, the sequel and peacemaker, which are both fantastic in my books. So, you know, James nerd, really understands where Superman comes from. He understands so well that he put up a pole for the trunks on the outside. So I have faith. <laughs> I got faith in James Gunn, man. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm pretty excited about this. I uh, When DC was first announcing that he's taking over CEO and was going to be the kind of creative mastermind, kind of like the Kevin Feige of DC Comics, um, a lot of people were like, well, not all films are going to be well, like good from Jim, James Gunn's perspective. I'm like, well, like, hold on. Like, James Gunn isn't, writing and directing everything. He is literally just thinking of the stories they want to tell, how it's all going to be interconnected, how these stories are going to work with each other. But then he's going to obviously give projects out to different writers and directors to produce this universe. I'm like, does James Gunn have the ability to write and direct some of these films? Yes, absolutely. He's already proved that with Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy 1, 2, and now third coming up. He can do a superhero film and he can also do it with Suicide Squad. He takes these B-list characters and he turns them into these gems that people absolutely come to adore. And he does it really well stylistically. Um, but yes, I can understand that his um, uh, his style of writing uh, can be a little bit more on the goofy or funny comedic side uh you know we see that in peacemaker suicide squad and the guardians uh each to a different degree of kind of um you know uh, absurdity if you will uh but it, it just shows that he knows how to treat the source material correctly and i honestly think that this is going to be probably one of the better superman films if not the best modern superman film and i'm saying that 
even though I'm the biggest Henry Cavill fan, and if you've listened to this podcast or talked to me in general uh, in life, I will always say Superman is Henry Cavill because he just You're looks a Cavill physically. Mark. Uh, yeah, you are. but that. But I'm also the type to change opinions when something new is presented to me. For the longest time, I would have considered uh, one Batman to be my favorite, but now other Batman, Batman have come about, and I can tell you that honestly, different Batman produced different things that I enjoy. And how they portrayed the character brought a little bit of something different to the table that I really appreciated. And I'm hoping that they cast someone who can bring both Clark Kent and Superman to life. Because we haven't seen Clark Kent done really well in quite some time. Um, You know, Routh was just copying Reeves. Reeves was probably the best example of a nerdy but still physically imposing Clark Kent who then can become Superman. So I, I think his style... You also, if you, uh, none of us have seen Guardians yet, but if you see that trailer, you see Adam Warlock flying, right? And I'm like, replace Adam Warlock with Superman, and it would be really cool to see James Gunn direct a, uh, not even just like a superhero film. This is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be so bold. This is the superhero film. I'm gonna say that. Okay, we we will revisit this in a couple of years when it comes out. Fine. Um. Uh, I, I have a, I have a thought that I want to share. Okay, go. You did Please. you did say something along the lines of you know, Gun does this thing with humor, and to different degrees. Yeah. You're absolutely right. But if you watch Peacemaker, if you watch Suicide Squad, there's a fine balance. And Guardians, sorry, there's a fine balance of keeping it dark enough. Like Peacemaker wasn't lighthearted by any means. It was nope. a darker series. And sure. uh, and it had the emotional impact. It, it carried the weight. So James Gunn balances everything really well. And I do agree. Yeah. I'm I'm stoked to see his ver- version of Superman. Another reason for that is because a couple of years ago, he made a movie called Brightburn. And Brightburn... Well, he didn't make it. He just produced it. He produced it. Sorry. He didn't direct yeah. it, did he? He produced nope. it and he wrote it, I think. No, I think it was his brother who wrote it or someone connected to him. But he just produced it. Okay, he produced it, but what that was was a was a horror a, take a, on Superman. Yeah, as he grew up, you know, in in Smallville. So, yeah, man, I'm I'm just as intrigued. Just wanted to show yeah. my two cents. Yeah, I just I'm just looking for a Superman film that's going to be bright, full of that you know Superman humor, dad jokes, like he's that kind of character. Um, and I want to see some really great action, and I think it'll be really interesting. And and this would be the part that differs than what i would expect anyone else is i could see james gunn pulling in a villain that wouldn't necessarily be the first thought on people's mind like i'll be honest like i liked man of steel but i don't think zod was the right choice for that film you don't bring in your the heaviest hitter of of almost all into your first film and then have your your hero kill him off like that's something you build to and so like if he wants to bring in like a metallo a parasite like somebody that's not, you know, even like a Lex Luthor in his mechanized suit, like uh, something that's not, we, we haven't seen yet. That's what I'm excited about. So this was just some of the, the first news that I wanted to share with you uh, today. The second piece of movie news that has been uh, announced, which I'm very intrigued by, is uh, Quentin Tarantino has announced his final film. So uh, for those of you who aren't aware, Tarantino only ever planned to make, I think it was 10 films. Uh, that was his. That was his goal. He wanted to make ten films, and we can't count certain films. So, like uh, uh, Kill Bill one and two, it, in his mind, is technically one film. So that doesn't count as two. So we're currently at nine. I believe it's nine. So the tenth like, is his final. We're film. talking all of his films so far. He's only made nine movies. Wow! Yeah, if you think about it. Uh, so I don't know if I can name them off the top of my head. Let's try Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs. Yep. Um. Uh, oh Jackie God, Brown. I'm going to skip over so Jackie Brown, um, uh, Django Unchained, Kill Bill Volume One and Two. Uh, wasn't uh, there Once another Upon one? A time, Bad Romance Once Upon a time. or something Romance? I forget. Bad Romance. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. And you I am said now Kill Bill? missing. I said Kill Bill One and Two, and I did say uh, Django already too. Oh, oh Hateful uh, Eight. Hateful Eight. I was just going to say. 
Yeah, that's nine. So this is his 10th and what he says is final. Now, this doesn't mean uh, he hasn't said like he's retiring, retiring, like he's never making anything again. There's there's speculation that he might move into a different uh, like maybe storytelling through television or like writing a book. He said he's wanted to do that as well. Uh, But this is his last film. Uh, which I'm a little bummed about. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of hoping for a Kill Bill 3. But having said that, if his rule is that Kill Bill 1 and 2, because they are the same story, count as one movie, he could technically make Kill Bill 3, and it would still count as the continuation of the story from Kill Bill 1 and 2. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't see him ever making Kill Bill again. I think Kill Bill is... Uh, no, I think I think you could come back. And I, I always see the fan casting, and it's like Uma Thurman is like the villain. Like, it's about Veronica Green's daughter trying to kill the bride for killing Veronica Green. Uh, And they put Zendaya as uh, her daughter, like, grown up. And I'm like, I would watch the shit out of that. Like, give me a a revenge take. But it's now flipped. And it's she's going after the bride and the daughter. You could easily bring in Maya Hawke and have her be the daughter of Thurman in this. So, like, you could have those characters now because they're grown up. I think that would be a beautiful finale piece to that story. I agree with you. If they leave it, it's not bad. Go ahead. I was going to say, hear me out. Uh, Leave it. I just think it's good. Too often, too often we take some of these movies out of retirement and we try to rejog some, you know, we use nostalgia to bring it back to, to the market. And a lot of the times it doesn't pan out. So like, I just yeah. feel like, you know, Kill Bill's just perfect the way it is. Look, we're already butting but heads. Know, that, but you do know, like, and what I'll say is, yeah, sure, I'm not disagreeing with you. But usually when we see nostalgia brought in, it's not by the original creative team who brought it in the first place. But if you did a Kill Bill 3, it would be Quentin Tarantino doing writing and directing again. So it would hmm. be a more uh, complete, or sorry, not complete, but more... Uh, uh, closer representation to the original piece that would bring that nostalgia. I'm not against it. If they didn't, if you ever never made Kill Bill 3, I wouldn't care. Like, Kill Bill 1 and 2 are my, or possibly some of my favorite movies. Um, but I'm just saying, I that's that's what made me a little sad. But yes, he is making his 10th and final film. He wants to start directing it this uh, yeah. fall. Okay. Uh, yeah, this year. Uh, it, it's so-called, from what I've read online, it's called The Movie Critic. Which I think is a very interesting idea, especially if you watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and you know we're we're, we're kind of playing with these historical events um, set in a, a a a universe that is very similar to ours and congruent to ours. So, but slightly twisted. So, like even like Inglorious Bastards, it was a World War II movie, but in the end they they kill Hitler. Yeah. So it's like a different um, universe. Yeah, it's a different universe, but it's just like it's close enough. So, like, what is this going to be? Is this going to be like the movie critics from like you know when they started in like the seventies and eighties, and uh, you know when films started to take off, and then nineties, two thousands? Be interesting. I, I got two things to say about this. One, I wish I got Tarantino's version of a Watchmen film. That would have been wild. Two, um, damn it, where was I going with this? This is what happens sometimes when you're thinking of us. <laughs> Completely slipped my mind with the Ugh. second one. But, uh, oh, yeah, sorry. If the movie is called The Movie Critic and it's focusing on one singular individual, I don't know why, but I feel like Joaquin Phoenix could be an incredible movie critic. I would also like to see a Joaquin Phoenix in a in a Quentin Tarantino film. Like, I think that mm-hmm. would be a really powerful duo yeah. that would um, – that would be a, a great. I mean, we, if this is Quentin Tarantino's last film, I'm expecting this to include some very famous, familiar faces, just in cameo form. Like, uh, even if it's a, like the tiniest, tiniest role, I think actors will be big enough to be like, I just want, like, I've worked with you before. Like, you'll see Uma Thurman in this, even if she's not the main character, she'll be buying a coffee somewhere. But it's just so that, like, they tie it up. You'll see Samuel L. Jackson. You'll John see Travolta. Tim Roth. John Travolta. You'll see um, so many of them. Like, whoever's worked with. Brad John Travolta. Pitt. Why John Travolta? Pulp Fiction. Oh right. <laughs> what do you mean? I just blanked out on Pulp Jackson. Fiction. I was like, "What the John Travolta?" But it just—I was thinking because recently the Oscars, which is uh, interesting, we're going to talk about. He presented the Oscars, and I'm like, "That doesn't look like John Travolta." John Travolta looks because he's bald now. now. He looks like it's you. not about the <laughs> plastic surgery, man. Like yeah. he's had work done. Yeah. It's like he, he looks more youthful than I do, and I am half his age. Like this guy is 
sleeping in the placenta every night. <laughs> the wonders of Hollywood. The wonders <laughs> of Hollywood. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, so he's announced this. That's what we're all pretty excited that he's starting, which means we'll probably see it in 2024, maybe mm-hmm. 2025, depending on how long it takes to do the post and everything like that. Uh, but it's sad, you know, like I love Quentin Tarantino films. They're always, uh, you know, every time I hear one's coming, I'm always like, I'll see it. But doesn't even have, you don't even tell me what it's about. It's Quentin Tarantino. films. So to know that, like, I'm not going to get that again after this film is, is kind of sad. Like, you know, when like yeah. you finish like Lord of the Rings for the first time or like the matrix or like star Wars, and you just realize, like, I mean, before the, all the sequels came out, like, you don't get to see anything else beyond that. That's the story. And you're yeah. like, oh, this is how I feel about this moment. That's the Dark Knight trilogy for me. Every time. It's like, oh. Sure, yeah. It. It's it's done. Like, it's, I will not be able to look forward to this film series again. So, um, yeah. So that was another uh, piece of movie news that has uh, come out recently. Uh, we've also seen uh, some films be released. So Shazam, Fury of the Gods, I believe is coming out this weekend, but it's mm-hmm. early release uh, reviews are out and it's getting mediocre. It's it's good, but it's not amazing from what I've heard. You know, it's a fun time, but it's like a little too late, mm. especially because they they spoiled the the big surprise of the film. And I don't want to spoil it in this. In no, this we place, shouldn't. So we won't. But uh, uh, I mean, I'm not going to even call it a spoiler anymore because they put it in their advertising. Yeah, so it's in the commercial. Let's let's just say that I'm not the one making this up. Like they put this, they basically pulled a Black Adam uh, reveal on yeah. on Shazam. So if you understand that reference, you will realize that there is going to be some surprises here that have been in the trailer for it now. Uh, cool. But yeah, it's, it's getting it's getting middle reviews, like three out of fives. Yeah, nothing really. Were you surprised by that? No. <laughs> I, not really. Uh, I expect that movie, by the end of it, everybody everybody to give it somewhere between a six and a seven. Okay, that's fair. I can understand that. Um, and then the last piece of news that I'm going to bring up for today, I just found this really interesting. Uh, Zack Snyder posted something on Twitter today. And what he posted was a incoming transmission, like video... Um, it, it seems to point to dark side and his justice league. Um, so it's a surprising and like nothing is known from it. All it knows is that it's going to be at an event related to the project. Uh, that's all the, the cryptic trailer sh- kind of showed. Um, and I don't know exactly when it says it's supposed to, I think it's in June, but it hasn't said when it's coming out, but he's saying an imminent, announcement is being made regarding something DC related because it was dark side and related to the justice league. So uh, what do you think? What are your thoughts? I mean, I don't want to waste any more breath on the Snyder verse. They tried everything they could to get it going. And you know, we know how that ended. That being said, it's true. Maybe um, I'm thinking out of pocket here. It's just a general hypothesis. What if behind the scenes, DC had a plan working with James Gunn and Zack Snyder, they're building the multiverse universe, right? That's their whole thing. What if Zack Snyder's universe might be a part, just not a part of James Gunn's stuff? What if two universes can exist? I mean, we have the Batman, we have Joker, Elseworld films. What if, what if they surprise the world and they're like, we're going to do this this way? Think about the fandom. <laughs> Think about like, I just, I don't know. Okay, well, let's, let's, let's break this down into what, our comic book knowledge can provide as theories here because I've read all the comic books, not all the comic books, but I've read my fair share. All of, of them. Books. All of them. Um, all no, of I, the I learned, I learned that it's a little expensive habit. When the new 52 launched, I picked up almost all new 52 issue. Number ones for every, every Wednesday to be like <laughs> pretty much. And then I realized by the end of the month, how much money I've been spending. And I was like, Oh my God, comic books aren't cheap. Uh, mm-hmm. But my, I have read, you know, some past comic books to inform me on some things that could happen. Again, people listening, this is not a guarantee. This is speculation. Um, but if we're talking about two universes existing or multiple universes existing, it's very well could be. I mean, we already know a few things. One, the Flash is said to re- reboot the timeline. Mm-hmm. So that is going to be a Flashpoint series where they reboot it, which is what led into the new 52. Uh, so, you know, we could be going in that direction because flashpoint finished that universe and then spawned the new 52 what i don't mean to interject you but for? you said Zack yeah. snyder's 
news drops in June when the flash drops. Yeah, I, it didn't say June. I need to I need to rewatch it again to see if it says a certain time, but there's speculation that it could be at um uh an event that's coming up. Um I don't know exactly. I'll see if I can get more information <laughs> okay. on that. Sorry, continue. Um, no, that's no problem. So like you have the flash rebooting the timeline, so you could do this in two ways. You could re- seriously reboot the timeline, erasing everything that happened after Flashpoint uh, and start fresh with all your new characters. You could have him reboot the timeline, but also at the same time live in the Zack Snyder universe and then just say all of the stuff they're creating now in DCU with Superman Legacy, Batman Brave and the Bolt, that is another universe. And that is where we are now currently focused. So they could do it that way because that would make sense. And then that way Ezra Miller's like, yeah, I'm the Flash, but only here. And we never talk about it or see it again. And we shun him. We shun the non-believer. And then we have a new Flash over here, which is in the DCU eventually. So, uh, um, and be real, the Flash will be in the first chapter of the DCU. I'm calling this here now. I, you would, have your first I would hope so. I would hope so. It's he's the, such it's an integral part of the just, yeah, he's a god. The man's a yeah, god. He's He's got, yeah. So let's, let's, so that may not be in the first chunk, but it's only, they've only announced a part of the first chapter of the new DCU. So, uh, yeah, I don't foresee them. I honestly don't foresee them keeping Ezra Miller. I would be gobsmacked if they say he's going to stay on. I honestly believe that Shazam, there's some post-credit scenes that might provide some context here, but Blue Beetle could be your first DCU property because you can make it self-contained mm. and make sure it doesn't actually connect to anything Zack Snyder. But you could be right. Maybe maybe Zack Snyder's getting a chance to finish off his universe with what they have left and they're going to give him, you know, a side thing. I don't know. I wouldn't want that. I would just want them to start fresh with James Gunn. Honestly, if, if you're going to bring back the Snyderverse uh, characters, I would want to see it in like a crisis on infinite earths film like event. It, it could be that, or like you said, they might just let him finish up the story arc with dark side where it's the DCU versions of the characters. They come back for one final justice league film ag- against dark side. Mm. Right. That yeah, would... maybe I just, I, I honestly don't foresee it. I, I think they want to separate themselves from that controversy drama that have plagued the Snyder verse throughout the entirety of its existence. Like what from the inception was shit on by most critics and fans alike. Um, although I don't yeah. agree with all of the negativity that it got because there were some highlights, but they were far and few in between, uh, you know, and that's, that's fair, but I foresee them wanting to start with a blank slate. So I don't know what I, we're going to get. I think maybe this is Snyder saying maybe it's going to, uh, he's going to drop some scenes online that were like cut, maybe just promote that way. I don't know. I'm excited to see what he's, he's going to do. Cause I'm, it's a mystery and I like a good mystery here, but uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll keep you all posted as more information drops or this gets unveiled because I am very invested in the James Gunn DCU. I want this thing to go right. I want, I, if Marvel is producing mid-level stuff, and I can get high quality DC stuff for once in my life. Sign, sign, sign me up. up. Sign sure. me up. So uh, Sean uh, and I have was... to be DC fanboys. So no, I'm just kidding. I, I I am a DC fanboy, but I love Marvel. I'm I just I started with DC, so there's a special, more special place in my heart. But I still love my Marvel. I I read as much Marvel as I do DC and consume the same amount. But yes, my top. Five superheroes, the first two DC characters. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say all top five of them are DC characters. I'm like, damn. No, <laughs> no. I would put a couple Marvel characters in top five. That's fair. You know what? We should do a total of, uh, maybe not an episode, but like a little thing where we go against, you know, see who your top five are, my five. Maybe a couple of maybe knockout ideas or something like that. I would ask you to do it right now, but I know you wouldn't be prepared for this and you would you would drill yourself down on every decision. You'd be like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Aside from the first one, yeah, you're probably right. That would happen. That What's would your number happen. one? What do you Batman? think my number one? Obviously, it's Batman. Okay. Live and die by All the right, bat. That's fine. All right. All right. I think you could name your top three. I think yeah, if you I could were pressed. I, I think I could do my top three. It's probably going to be Batman, Flash, and probably Tony, uh, Iron Man. So two DC and one Marvel. Yeah. So I'm yeah. Saying, I would say my top three, Superman, Batman, and then my third would be Wolverine. 
Yeah, see? See, keeping yeah. it Canadian. I love that. Cool. Yeah, I love uh, it. Sean, do you, are we good for the news? Yeah, that's it for the news. So let's move on to our uh, other topic of the night. Yes, which is the Oscars. Round of applause. Maybe I'll put that in after. But my friend, we had finally uh, something we've been discussing since last month, the Oscars. The 2023 95th annual Oscar ceremony happened this past Saturday in LA, and boy, was it a show. Um, In fact, I don't think there was any real controversy this year, and we made a whole episode about controversies. I was waiting for some controversy to go down, and from what I heard, this was a very boring run-of-the-mill Oscars. I will say, I didn't get to watch this live, um, and if it's okay to interject for a moment here, I just want to just air some grievances that I have. It is 2023. Provide streaming options for your award ceremony. I don't care what award ceremony you are. It's not just the Oscars. I do not have cable. A lot of people in this world do not pay for cable TV. They stream their content. And when you lock your award ceremony to one provider that is not available in other countries, you are effectively lowering the amount of people who are going to tune in to your award ceremony. If you're going to complain that not enough people are watching it, figure out a way to let more people watch it. If you were to put it on a streaming platform, I can guarantee you I would watch the Oscars from front to back every year. So I did not watch them in full. I watched clips the next day like a chump. So continue on. That's totally fair, man. And I don't have cable, but I was able to do so by downloading the CTV app. And shout out to my boy, Andrew. Thank you for letting me log in with your Rogers login. Anyways, moving along, I totally Password agree with sharing. you. Illegal, illegal. I'm calling the cops. You've been found out. Pew! You don't even have to call the cops. I just announced it on a podcast. They could just, you know, listen back, which is totally fine. But nonetheless, I do completely agree with you. And in the States, they had it on YouTube TV. We don't have access to that stuff. So it's kind of tight for us to get it, right? Now, yeah. you could have yeah, let also... Me, let, sorry, let me just say yes. This is for Canadian and international viewers. If you're listening from America, you have no problem with this. That being said, that being said, Sean, you could sign up for CTV as its own subscription. But uh, who's going to really do that? Let's be completely honest. I'm just kidding. We love no. CTV. We love CTV if you want to... Feature us on breakfast television or whatever you guys have. We're, we're down. ONB. Anyways, moving along. Uh, you're right. I, I totally get it. But the Oscars did happen this past weekend. And uh, you know what? What are your thoughts about the entire thing? Have you heard things? You know, you know, we did our knockout series on social media this past weekend. And to be completely frank, Sean, you pretty much won most of that. We saw I did, that coming. Yeah. We saw that coming. Yeah. But um, nonetheless, there were, there were some highlights. Anything you caught? Anything that? caught your eye yeah i mean i will say this was the first oscar pool that i did um at work uh i haven't done one in a couple of years and it's actually the highest score i've ever gotten which was 13 and it's pretty easy when most of your selections come from one film um which i'm very very happy about i cannot praise everything everywhere all at once as like i could like i could, it's just so good I, like it's just incredibly done and so when i saw that movie and like it was i knew that michelle yo was going to be nominated and if not clear choice winner from that film yeah yeah my but friend I'm... said that to me before i saw it and i was like no way i'm like there's no way this martial arts comedy film whatever this is is going to get michelle yo a nomination and i saw it and i was like yeah you're right she's gonna get nominated because it was whatever it is god i don't know what category that movie falls under but i uh i again i grew up on some bollywood movies and to me this Mm -hmm. film is very similar you have comedy you have elements of romance elements of suspense action uh and 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 just all around great fun entertaining film Uh, i laughed from like beginning to end of that film like there was not a part that i didn't find enjoyable like the acting was on par that is why three actors took home hardware from the Oscars for this one film. Michelle Yeoh, Key, and Jamie Lee Curtis, right? Yeah, Ki Hee Kwan won for Best Supporting Actor, and Jamie Lee Curtis won for Best Supporting Actress. Now, having said that, I will say, I was surprised that Jamie Lee Curtis won Best Supporting Actress. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, okay. Because you think Angela Bassett should have won? Nope. I, well, okay. So partially, yes. I think Angela Bassett 
and her performance in Wakanda Forever. And also, it's not just based on that. You look at the preceding accolades that happens in these films, and it usually paints a picture of how things are going to go. Not always. There's always times that it changes. But it usually gives you an indication of who's going to be nominated and who the potential winner is going to be. You've seen Brendan Fraser, Kiki Kwan, and Michelle Yeoh clean up this award season. And so did Angela Bassett. She took home most of the hardware for Wakanda Forever. And so it was kind of like the heavy favorite to win. On top of this, if I was going to pick a supporting actress in Everything Everywhere All at Once to win Best Supporting Actress, I would absolutely pick uh, Stephanie Sue. The Did daughter. It? Do I have that? The daughter. Uh, she uh, she was Jobu, nominated. Jobu, Jobu, Jobu Tapaki. Stephanie Sue. Yeah. yeah. Um, because uh, her her performance was fe- was phenomenal. Like nothing Amazing. against Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was still very good. Uh, she was a she was a good character, but the depth of Stephanie Sue in her role was far greater. So that's my point. When I think about an emotion, the connection that the mother and the daughter have in the film, it goes mm. far beyond the protagonist and the, and the antagonist. That storytelling yeah. to another level, man. And I have kids, it's, and the older they get, the feelings change, the understanding, the emotions. It really hit me. And I agree with you. Stephanie played it to a T, and to she should have really been considered. I would have picked Stephanie over Angela Bassett, and I think Angela Bassett was fantastic. However, um, Stephanie's just absolutely knocked out of the park. She she played a yep. variety of different people, just yep. like you know Michelle did and whatnot. But, man, she was really good. I was really hoping she would have won. I agree. Yeah. And and so again, me saying Angela Bassett should have won wasn't because I think her performance was better than Stephanie Sue's. It was just it was the heavy front runner. So when something like this happens, you're like, well, how is it like that it suddenly yeah. shifts after winning all of the accolades? Because Stephanie Sue wasn't winning these. Um <clears throat> and so anyway, I, I would have picked either one. So I, I feel like it's great either way. Uh it would have been really cool to have three Asian uh American actors or Asian actors take home three hardware. I think that would have been an even more beautiful story uh, if that were to have occurred. And and secondly, even if Angela Bassett won, I think that would also be a great story because another person of color and who have not won as many times as as their white counterparts. So I felt like Jamie Lee Curtis's Oscar win was more of like a lifetime achievement, kind of like you've been in this industry. Yeah. Your parents are who they are. She's she a baby. That. Yeah. Yep. On Let's stage. be real. I appreciate it. She's also said things about nepotism in the industry and she acknowledged it as it as a thing. But I feel like that's kind of like this, like Leonardo DiCaprio. Also, how many times should have Leonardo DiCaprio been nominated prior to nomination? Sorry. How many times should he have won and be nominated prior to the Revenant? Yeah. Agreed. And it finally was kind of like, here's your like lifetime accolade award. We're going to give you because you did a great job. But like it's just we feel like it's the right time. So yeah. nothing against it. I still really enjoy Jamie Lee Curtis. I just it was surprising. That's all. And the funny thing is, you were talking about like maybe it would have been cool to see three Asian cast members get that. And I I was just telling yeah. my wife I was like, man, you know everything everywhere all at once. Just an Asian production really cleaned house. I can't wait till like the Indians get a chance. You know we're getting there, right? Yeah. And she turns to me, she goes, yeah, like you forgot about two thousand eight and Slumdog Millionaire. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally slipped my mind true (laughs) and also so interesting fact so i also learned this uh so another historical moment at these awards was that an a bollywood an indian bollywood song was nominated for best original song actually it was a tollywood song so tollywood is the oh the the tamil part of india which is still india but their production is different than bollywood because in bollywood films they speak in hindi and in tollywood films they speak in tamil so it is. Thank you for correcting me. I appreciate uh, that. Of course, but nonetheless, it's a win for India as a whole, right? Because yeah, the song won, and it was a great moment. And you didn't watch the Oscars. There was a really funny scene in the beginning where uh, Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel sets up and says, "Hey, if you go over your speech this year, we're not going to play you off like we usually do. Instead, what we're going to have is a group of people come circle you and do the RRR dance till you get off stage, and they're going to push you off." And it was one of the funniest moments. For a very, very mild Oscar. But huh? yeah, it was, a, it was a good move. It's really cool to see. Uh, it was surprising. I mean, I picked uh, Lift Lift Me Up, Lift Me Up by Rihanna. I, that was my choice for original song. I just, just thought that was going to take the take the Oscar. But I'm really, I'm glad to see again uh, something deserving. Um, 
Apparently, the other thing was they didn't nominate, or this film, RRR, wasn't nominated for Best International Film. Um, yeah, it wasn't. And, and it was nominated so, at the SAGs and, and won in a bunch of awards, actually, yeah. So the reason why I've, I've learned a little bit about this is so the Best uh, International Film category is not nominated by a director or a creator or writer. The country nominates the film that they want nominated and the country wins the Oscar doesn't go to the director. doesn't go to the producers. It doesn't go to anyone. The country. Oh. Wins so if you look at the category, when you look at the international film, it was like all quiet on the Western front, Germany. Yeah. And then there was one from, I forget all the other countries that did it, but uh, that was what is this because uh. this is a, it is nominated. So apparently either India didn't nominate that film as their choice for best picture to send to the Oscars. And they maybe, and they maybe nominated something else that didn't get voted for as well. So that's right. Um, okay. Well, yeah. we know that one of your favorite movies and my favorite movies really cleaned house. Now there was a movie oh my that gosh. I, seven. <laughs> seven, seven out of 11. Yeah. It was nominated 11 times. It won seven. That's insanity. Yeah. Um, Another film that I watched a couple of weeks ago and you and I briefly discussed it, we didn't do a review of it, was The Whale. And Brandon yeah. Fraser came out on top and it's a really sweet story considering his life in Hollywood since The Mummy, you know, and um, yeah, how he's, he's had really a rough, a rough go of it. Yeah, he, he, he almost got blacklisted by Hollywood, right? Uh, but it's a really amazing comeback story. And Darren Aronofsky said that he could only think of one person to play that role, which was Brendan Fraser. So oh, it was cool. like, yeah, it was like Darren, Ar- Darren Aronofsky. God, I love that guy. You know, um, so I was really happy to see him win that award. I think it was well-deserved. Uh, I did watch the film and you, you and I briefly discussed it. I said the film overall was okay. It was <clears throat> good. He was the real standout. And I'm not surprised that the, the film overall didn't, Sweep how um <clears throat> sweep sweep the Oscars. One thing to say though, and I don't have have it listed up here, but the character of Liz uh, in the movie The Whale, who also played the the sous chef in the menu, she Hong Chow, she could have won. I mean, she could she could have won Best Supporting Actress because she really did yep. a pretty exceptional job in The Whale. To be honest with you, um, any thoughts you Carrie- have from The Whale? No, I haven't watched it yet. I honestly had it queued up for, to watch before the Oscars, and I didn't do it. Um, okay. And I didn't even get to watch the Oscars. I ended up having to figure it out until it was nine. I'm like, I'm going to watch The Last of Us finale. I need a new host, folks. I need a yeah, new host. I have to watch it. It's, it's literally on my list to watch this the next week or so. So I'll, I'll come back with my thoughts. But I'm not saying that like Hong Chao is amazing. Carrie, Cor- Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Inner Sheeran was mm. also very good. Like even for a lot of people hated that film. I thought it was... It was okay. I mean, I thought the performances were great, but I thought the story was a little dreadful. Uh, yeah, like kind yeah. of, but also just like doesn't c- conclude anything, and it doesn't really like make you like think of anything in a certain particular way. It's just kind of weird. But her performance was great. I thought she yeah. was fantastic every time she interacted with them. I was like, this is a great performance. I'd never yeah. seen this woman before, and she just pulled this <laughs> off. She could have won best friend, but I still think Stephanie Sue or Angela Bassett would have been my top two Fair. contenders again cra- congratulations to jamie lee curtis like you know the, your, it's obviously they picked you but um i was i was very happy uh with michelle yo ki kwan uh ki kwan basically got everyone in tears with his acceptance speech um just so touching can we just acknowledge that he was him he was awarded well not him but the entire production of everything everywhere all at once was awarded the best picture by harrison ford and we got to see ki and harrison yeah. hugging after 40 yeah. years, which was so touching and so dope. It was a reunion of everything. He, he also got to reunite with Brendan Fraser, who he yeah. started alongside Encino Man. Encino so Man. Like they all got to, you know, hug and and reconnect and, you know, share in this amazing moment that they've all won. And, like, like just yeah. the fact that every – like, if you haven't watched any everything everywhere all at once yet, if you are sitting on this – What are like, you doing? You are doing yourself so many dis- – like, just – it's awful. You need to get on this. It won. Best picture, best director for the two Daniels, which is another amazing uh, feat. feat for this for this film. I didn't think they were going to win best. Dire- I thought it was either going to win best picture or best director. I didn't think it was going to win both. 
I was like, I don't think they're going to give it to it that much, even though I thought it deserved it. I was like, that would be a lot. I was wrong. Yeah. It's got best film editing, best original screenplay, yeah. everything that you want in a film. Like, it has it. So go and see it. If you've seen it already, <laughs> see it again. Just go bask in the gloriness that is. That that is. But there were some other great wins. I mean, like uh, the an- best animated film, the boy, the mole, the fox, and the yes, uh, the bull. Uh, what's it called? Oh my god. It's a really I, long I mean, title. I was going to bring up one thing. Sure. The two superhero movies that were nominated for stuff didn't walk away with anything. So we have the Batman and Black Panther. And I think this is genuinely the first time a Batman movie has been nominated at the Oscars and not won. I think so literally I, actually, have, I picked the Batman to win best sound because which is should have. sound on that that sound was the the Batmobile sound, the stomp, the boot, the boots on the ground the boots, just beautiful. Oh. So good. Oh. Don't be wrong. Ma- Maverick. I think it was Maverick who took home best sound. Rightfully so. Um, which again, it makes sense. I'm not arguing that, but like, I just thought the Batman was going to take that. Um, I was just going to say, while you were looking up the con, I was just going to say for the folks that haven't seen Top Gun Maverick, by the way, go watch Top Gun Maverick. It was it's- a good year. There was a lot of great films. Like all quiet on the Western front was fucking harrowing to watch and incredibly incredibly shot is it uh, so i haven't watched it but i've heard it's very much like how 1917 was yeah i mean different but like yeah it's just like a really beautifully shot but like real depiction of war War. in and it was in um night the the first world war uh so trench warfare all that stuff and it won also so many awards it won best international film um uh best cinematography i think it won best cinematography if i'm not mistaken fair Um, no i i did interject while you were trying to say you were going to speak on a particular subject my apologies go ahead bro no that's okay it was just um uh yeah best animated film went to or animated shorts went to uh the boy the mole the fox and the horse which also, this is on Apple TV Plus. If you haven't watched this, go watch this film. It's short, and you'll just cry. If <laughs> you just need to see something so beautiful and so touching, you just put on this this film. It's so. It, I was not expecting this. I saw it showed up on Apple TV Plus one Sunday, and I usually watch. I'm I'm still a child. I'm still a man child, so I watch cartoons when I yep. eat breakfast on Sundays. <laughs> I still do it. That's fine. Whenever I have do. a chance, and. It, and there's a cartoon. I will watch cartoons on Sunday. Um, and I was like, yeah, this looks like interesting. It's like based off a book that's won some awards. So I'm like, yeah, I'll watch it. Thinking it was going to be like a fun animated short. And it's like the most <laughs> philosophical. T- Alicia sat down next to me and we both cried at different points in this, in this short film. It's so Sean brutal. Was sitting here bawling his eyes out. She was like, I wasn't expecting this on a Sunday. And I'm like, neither was I, but you finish it and you're like, so when I, as soon as I was nominated, I'm like, this film has to win. It's, it's so good. Um, I will but watch like you it. had also best visual effects went to Avatar, obviously. So, yeah. you know, let's just talk about to... the fact that Avatar did not clean house versus the first Avatar film when it came out. That movie won best picture, best everything back in 2010. Avatar did not win best picture. I no think way. it actually did, but no. Avatar 2 got best visual effects, which makes total sense. I, I get that. And I'm going to be honest here and transparent to all the Avatar fans. I am super glad it didn't win any other awards because it just didn't deserve them. Okay. Now, Sean looks up what won best picture in 2010. I think it might have been Avatar. I could be wrong, but Avatar did clean house during that year. Um, while you do look that up, Sean, uh, you know, there were some other key moments that stood out during um, the ceremony. Some other moments like Rihanna's performance that had everybody talking, which was pretty remarkable as it was a very nice tribute to maybe Chadwick and uh, the entire cast of Black Panther showing up for that little portion. Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to think of like some other things that really stood out. And like I said in the beginning of the podcast, there really were no, no it, controversial it didn't moments. Win. It didn't win Best Picture that year. The The Best Picture winner for 2009 was The Hurt Locker. But it would be 2010. No, 2009. No, I mean, Avatar came out in 2009, so the Oscars would be for 2010. 
it is on Wikipedia as nominated in 2009. Oh, Hurt Locker was nominated in two. Th- Which Oscar year are you looking at, my friend? The 82nd annual Oscars, 2009. And Avatar no. was nominated, but it didn't win. How could Avatar be nominated if it came out in December of that year? Shouldn't it be nominated in 2010? It, it, uh, Wikipedia's first line is Avatar is a 2009 epic sci-fi fiction film. All right, buddy. Here's the bottom line. I never trust Wikipedia. I could go in there and edit this shit myself. Okay, let's be honest. Fine. Do you want By me to way. go on IMDb? Do you want me to go to IMDb? Please don't. <laughs> while while we're on this cast recording for our audience, we don't need to go through this. However, Sean and I will get down to the bottom of this this debate, and we will share with you on social media if you're really interested. And maybe Avatar didn't win Best Picture. Bottom line is, it won too many awards, okay? And that's just... Yeah. Come on. Anyway, um, so I'm, I'm happy that it didn't win. It didn't deserve. It won Best Visuals. It might make sense that that's a category it should absolutely win because it, out of all of them, pushed the boundary of technical um, cinematography. Yeah. So yeah. cool. That makes sense. I know there was no controversy, but I do want to bring up one thing. The Rock showed up on stage with Emily Blunt to present, I think, the first award. When a man like that can pull off a pink suit, man, it gives mm. me hope that one day if I get uberly jacked that I can pull something off like that. Because, you know, I was with my wife and she was just like, Jesus. I'm like, calm down. Just take a deep <laughs> breath. You know, she's like, he's got a goatee and a pink blazer and it works. I'm like, God damn it. Um, but I had never noticed how stunning Emily Blunt was until that night. I don't know why I'm bringing oh, this up, I but love, she really stood out. Oh, my God. I, I love Emily Blunt. Yeah, I saw some of the fashion. It was cool. I, there was one girl who wore this beautiful white dress, but it had this, like, <gasps> massive cloud around oh her neck and God. shoulders. And you would think it would come off, so when she sat in the audience, it wouldn't be there. But it was literally on the whole time, and all you could see were people craning around. around it. Oh, my God. So embarrassing. I was just like, Dude, I would die. I heard. I don't know if this is, like, 100%, but I heard that the Oscars might have banned had pieces moving forward because of her. Wow. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. Make a statement that lasts Real forever. trendsetter. You know what? You wouldn't be saying that if you were sitting behind her. You'd be like knocking at the back of her head going, take this shit off right now. God uh, yeah, damn I probably it. Would. Or, I'd be, or I'd be giving everyone a standing ovation just because I'd have to see what's going on. <laughs> everyone gets a standing ovation. Yeah. That's the janitor. I can, yeah. I can start. I can start seeing everyone again. But, it's really yeah, funny you say was... that, man, because uh, one one of the things we caught, me and my wife, when they were coming back from commercial, you can hear the person go, all right, everybody applause, and they start applauding. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> they caught that on oh camera. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I did see some Jimmy Kimmel clips. I heard he was meh in terms of a, as a host. I he heard was. some of this stuff didn't, didn't hit, but it was also, there was some, you know, funny. He's no Ricky Gervais. No, he's definitely no Ricky Gervais. He's not no Tina Fey or Amy Poehler. No, um, no, but no, you Tina know, Fey. it was it, no, it was cool to see. But honestly, I, I I'm, didn't really care that it missed anything. I I enjoyed the winners. I thought this was a great year for for cinema and representation. Um, yeah. But otherwise, uh, yeah, I didn't really care that I missed it. I I like if you bring back some like really good hosts. Like, if they say Amy Poehler and Tina Fey are going to host the next Oscar, I would watch that. If they brought Ricky Gervais in, I would watch that. Because I'm like, yeah. it's going to be very Take my money. Fun. Take yeah. my money. But other than that, like, also, like, there needs to be the, the right films. I would have watched this one for the films because I thought every film... I've actually seen a lot of them, which I normally don't. I usually have to catch up on Oscar season because I'm usually watching, like, the big popcorn films that are coming out. The, the big sure. old blockbusters yeah, same here. so yeah so i don't get to see all of these like independent films or but like this time like there was just like so many major films nominated that a24 by the way is like the people behind most of the winners the whale everything everywhere all at once they're they're behind so many of these a24 is killing it these days <laughs> can i just i, I want to bring this up because i think this is so important so a24 made the movie hereditary since the first yeah. Exorcist, no horror movie has been nominated for Best Picture in over 30 years, except for Hereditary. That is the power of A24 and the filmmaking. They, they, they're I'm going to challenge this. I'm going to fact check you all night. Did it Get Out get nominated? For Best Picture? Uh, you know what? I think you're right, actually. Get Out might have been for Best Picture. I think, I think maybe up to right. the point, because Hereditary, I think, came out. Was one year Hereditary? after. 
Hereditary was, was 2018. Yeah, and Get Out was 2017. Now, to be fair, I mean horror in the truest, like your typical it's more paranormal. Horror, but th- like you know what I mean? That's paranormal horror. Yeah, A24 okay, did I'll- that. I'll I'll give you that. I'm just I'm just fact checking the the firmness yeah. of your <laughs> nominations, which is fair. And if you think about it, you think of Get Out. There's really no other horror movie that hits that glass ceiling prior to versus The Exorcist. So it's impressive mm-hmm. that A24 was able to do that. And yeah. I just see a super bright future for them. They just pick incredible yeah. projects to work on. So they yeah they do they do their due diligence, and I think they have some good minds there. It's, it could be a a big year for them next year too. As, as we were talking about hosts, though, I want you to close your eyes for a second, Sean. I want you to picture this, okay? Five years from now, ONB is absolutely killing the game, and they ask us to host the Oscars. Oh, my God, we'd fuck that shit up in the best way possible, okay? That'd be great. Oh, my God. Five you know, years, bro. Five years. Man. Five, bro. <laughs> That's what happens. Look at how big these uh, influencers become so quickly. You never know. You know, put it on your vision board. <laughs> vision board. I'm manifesting, manifesting, manifesting to the point, man. to the point where we're on stage and I have the pasties, so I got to put chapstick on because we're about to go out, Sean. And if this happens in five years, I want you to come back and listen to this episode and be like, "God damn it, Romy's right. He was so right." Okay. Sure. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get behind you on that, and uh, I will. I will witness that moment, and I will come back and listen to this and be like, "Shit." Manifest. I should have. I should have jumped on board with that. But uh, you'll be with me. It's moment, okay. It's all good. I'll Don't be worry. the uh, the level headed skeptic here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's got to be a little bit of a, a realism here. Um, Fair, that's fine. Five years. I'm expecting to have a clothing line. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still shooting for the stars, Oscars, and I'm wearing that pink suit. You know, impressing the hell out of my oh wife, my and my God. beard by then will be white. So. It's fine. Ooh, yeah, you'll be a silver fox. Yeah, I'm almost Pulling there. The Pedro, Pedro Pascal, Daddy Internet vibes. That's right. That's right. Mm, um, that's right. So you know what, Sean? That uh, pretty much brings us to the end of our Oscars episode. Unless there's something I missed that you want to touch base on. No, I'm happy with all of the winners for the most part. Um, I thought that was a great job, and yeah, I'm excited to see what some of these people do next. They've gotten me excited yeah. for their next project. Yeah, I'm excited Kiki for the year. Kwan is in. Kiki Kwan's in Loki season two. Oh, is he? Yeah, he was. Kevin Feige called him and asked him to to be speaking, in the series. Speaking of Loki season two, which brings up Jonathan Majors, I see a lot of big things for him in the near future. So let's keep an eye out for that. 2023 yeah. could be his year, right? Um, folks, thank you for joining Sean and I again. Um, glad we were able to bring you up to speed on some news related to the nerd world and we got to discuss the oscars a little bit uh tune in next week uh it'll be our last episode uh season one comes to an end and we focus on what's going to be coming up in season two um if there's any thoughts you might have or anything you'd like to suggest please let us know like we mentioned in the beginning our social media platforms are at old nerdy bastards on tiktok instagram and twitter um but yeah sean any last thoughts before we kick it for the evening no, man. Enjoy your week, folks, and we'll see you for our season finale next week. Uh, and uh, we'll sign off. So go ahead. Yeah. Thanks for having us in your ears, folks. Peace. <laughs>